We're very thankful to be joined today by G.H. Merritt. She is with the New Illinois Movement. Ms. Merritt, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You can find out about the New Illinois Movement at newillinoisstate.org. That's newillinoisstate.org. And we're visiting with Ms. Merritt today, first and foremost, because there is an upcoming New Illinois meeting that's going to be in Pinckneyville on Tuesday, April the 26th. Uh, tell us where this meeting is going to be held and, and when and what people can expect when they go. Okay, it's um, Tuesday, April 26th at 7 p.m. It's hosted by the New Illinois Perry County Committee. And it's going to be at the um, community high school, the Pinckneyville Community High School Learning Resource Center. And that's at 600 East Water Street in Pinckneyville. And what they can expect when they get there is I'll be giving a presentation about what New Illinois is, how it started, what we're doing, what is the path to the creation of a new state. And um, and then uh, Paul Durr, who is the uh, chairman of our St. Clair County Committee, is, is also going to be speaking. And I, I'm assuming it's his topic that he's going to focus on will be the economics of doing this. All right. So with that background, the New Illinois Movement began in 2020. It is similar, but at the same time different from other movements of the past to separate the state. Tell us what drew you to get involved in this movement and what it's really all about. Okay, sure. And I, I would say that we have 2020 on our logo, and that's because in 2020 we made a formal public declaration of independence from the state of Illinois. Obviously, that didn't mean we thought we were a new state that day any more than our founders when they uh, created the Declaration of Independence, they still had to fight a war with Britain for eight years. But um, our organization started in 2018. My, myself and a guy named Jeff started it because we were in similar situations. Uh, we would love to have left Illinois because of the high taxes, the lack of opportunity, and the corruption. But our our homes were here, his farm was here, uh, our family, our history, our friends, everything was here. And then one day, uh, the thought just struck me, oh, why should we have to be the ones to leave? Uh, we have some corrupt politicians who have, in many ways, destroyed our state, which is a wonderful place. And so we decided we were going to stay here and fight. And so that was how New Illinois started. Um, in 2018, I saw on the news about New California having a movement and declaring their independence from the state of California. <laughs> and since neither Jeff nor I really knew anything about the process, we had wanted to contact people in other states who had tried this kind of thing. And uh, we connected with New California, and that was awesome because... They had constitutional lawyers who were helping them so that what they were doing was in keeping with the U.S. constitutional process. Since then, you know, we've just created county committees, which is we work through county committees. They, they carry out our mission on a local level, and that mission is to educate Illinoisans about their right under the U.S. Constitution to pursue the formation of a new state. 
Did I answer all your questions or <laughs> did I miss something? There? No, I, I think you uh, answered them very nimbly and answered them well. Uh, of course, the question comes to mind, what is the process to create a new state out of a current state? There's two steps that are in the Constitution. One is that you need to get the consent of your state legislature and the consent of Congress. We have four organizational steps preceding that. They're not in the constitutional process, but they they make sense. The first was to start county committees so that we could organize through the state because the key to this is the support of the people of Illinois. And we know Illinois Separation is another group with that same goal. And what they were doing in the 2020 election is putting an advisory referendum on ballots uh, by county. And they put it on 25 ballots. And in each case, it won by a landslide from anywhere from 63 to 83% of the vote in favor of a new state. So so we know, at least in those counties, there's overwhelming support for this. But the, the key is to let everybody know we're here and we're following this process. So that's the first thing is starting county committees. The second thing is what we did in uh, October 17th of, of 2020. Once we had 20% of the counties in Illinois with our county committees, we made that formal public declaration of independence to essentially notify the state of our intentions. And so when our founders did the declaration of independence, they included 27 grievances in the declaration against the king. And and so those were maybe a couple of sentences long because the people were living in that situation. They knew what was going on. Nobody had to really explain it to them. Well, our 240 some years later, our, our grievances would not have fit in our declaration because we have a more larger, more complex government. And so what we have been doing is approximately once a month releasing a new grievance against the state of Illinois. And these lay out how the state of Illinois has violated our rights, how they have violated the U.S. Constitution as well as the state Constitution, how they've broken the law, how the people outside of Cook County do not have representative government, which the guarantee clause of the U.S. Constitution says that states must provide. So that's what we're doing is grievances. The next step is that we did our Declaration of Independence. Third step is the grievances. The fourth step, and we're going to be doing our first session of a constitutional convention in the end of May, and that's going to be in Urbana. And um, so we're going to have a keynote speaker, Chris Ann Hall, who's a well-known constitutional lawyer. And then we're going to be working on the preamble of a constitution for a new state. And so, so that's the process we're doing. So meanwhile, our county committees lobbying <laughs> our, our state legislators so that they can find out about what we're doing and we can encourage them to uh, co-sponsor uh, the resolution that Representative Brad Halbrook has in the General Assembly. And then once it passes there, then it goes to the U.S. Congress. People often think, well, gosh, that's impossible. You're not going to get the 
uh, Illinois General Assembly to go along with this. But the fact is that the General Assembly passed almost an identical resolution in 1981. So it's not impossible. We, we need to communicate this to legislators from Chicago and Cook County. We need to communicate this as a win-win situation. They can, you know, go ahead and create their socialist utopia or whatever it is they're trying to do. But the government does not represent the rest of us. Well, I think most uh, people in rural Illinois feel like they're in a arranged marriage that they cannot. <laughs> that, that yeah, they, that sounds about right. You know, cannot get out of uh, mm-hmm. dis- despite the abusive situation that they find themselves in. Mm-hmm. And uh, their their only option is to move. And for many people, that isn't an option. And so um, right. we're talking with G.H. Merritt. She is with the New Illinois Movement. Now, I am sure that many people in the audience are asking themselves, so in your mind, Ms. Merritt, mm-hmm. if a new state were to be formed, would it be a state that was everything south of I-80, everything that wasn't Cook County? Uh, I'm sure there are a multitude of opinions on what a new state geographically ought to look like. Uh, do you have a position on what a new state geographically ought to look like in a best-case scenario? Um, right. The best-case scenario, uh, politically and economically, would be if the other 101 counties were a part of this. It's certainly not that simple. Um I live up in Lake County, which is right on the Wisconsin state line, about nine miles from Wisconsin is where I live. And our county is adjacent to Cook County. The lower um, uh, southeastern corner of our county, I think um, you have a couple communities in there that wanted to confiscate firearms. So they would probably be much more comfortable staying with uh, Chicago. On the other hand, the other part of the county where I live is much more rural and uh, certainly uh, would want to be a part of a new Illinois. So I think sometimes you have people in southern Illinois that say, well, cut the state off at Mount Vernon or uh, more frequently you hear cut it at at I-80. The problem is uh, the less of the state you include in this, uh, the less economically viable it becomes uh, to be a state on its own. And so one thing, too, um, there's probably a lot of people up on the Wisconsin state line who've never been down to Shawnee National Forest. On the other hand, there's probably a lot of people in far southern. In fact, I've talked to one guy. He said, I've never been within 200 miles of Chicago. And so what people need to realize is if you drive from Wisconsin all the way down to Kentucky, it's almost all the same farms. It's small towns. There's a few medium-sized cities in there, but mostly it's all the same. It's rural people who are dominated by a very densely populated urban county that that you know controls controls the state government. And so, so we believe the most the the more of 101 counties we can have be a part of this, the better. There are even people in Cook County on the fringe, which again is not a densely populated urban area on the fringe, and they've tried to escape from Cook County in the past. They had a referendum that passed, but because of the cost of litigation with Cook County, 
they were never able to proceed and, and join adjacent counties. So, The website is newillinoisstate.org. That's newillinoisstate.org. We remind you again, there's going to be a new Illinois meeting in Pinckneyville on April the 26th from 7 to 9 p.m., at the Pinckneyville Community High School in the Learning Resource Center. That's near the east entrance. Everybody knows where the Pinckneyville High School is. It's at 600 East Water Street. Um, when I presume this is a free event? Yes, yes. Do you know if any of our area legislators are planning to attend? We were hoping that one of them would, but we haven't gotten an answer from, from him yet. Uh, he's one of the people that had uh, co-sponsored... Uh, the resolution in the past um it's probably not the most convenient time for a lot of them because they're involved in a an election but uh so yeah i I can't really answer that right now that's all right no problem they'll either be there or they won't be but uh (laughs) whomever uh wishes to attend can do so again it's Mm -hmm. april the 26th 7 to 9 p.m at the pinckneyville community high school we are in the middle of a, a republican primary campaign has the state of new illinois uh, had any conversations or communications with those running in the republican primary has has have any of those candidates expressed any interest in your movement yes actually what we've been trying to do is put together a nonpartisan voter guide uh, because we are a, a 501c4 and we are nonpartisan. And so I've, I've gotten some of them to answer the questions on our survey, which deal with whether they support this or not. And um, so uh, it's, it's been interesting, and, and we will be releasing that. But, yeah, there, there are several people in the General Assembly that support us, uh, mostly in the, in the Illinois House, but um, some in the Illinois Senate. I know that Darren Bailey has... Uh, been a supporter of ours. He was a co-sponsor on an earlier uh, version of the resolution, which I should also add before I forget, this resolution doesn't get signed by the governor, so he can't stop it, neither can the Illinois courts. But anyway, uh, Darren has co-sponsored in the past. Uh, Right now, his goal is to see if, if he can bring the state together and, and bring reconciliation, which he would try to do as governor. So I completely understand that. But I, he's been a friend of ours. Other people that have co-sponsored in the past have been Blaine Wilhauer, uh, Chris Miller, Dan Calkins, and, and of course the sponsor, the chief sponsor each time has been Brad Halbrook. I've been trying to connect with Gary Rabine to do our survey. I've talked to him a couple of times He's become a little standoffish. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to talk to any of the other uh, gubernatorial candidates. So uh, we're going to continue on with this and, and hopefully have something to give people uh, a, a few weeks before the election. Well, we appreciate your time very much today. Is there anything else that I wouldn't have known to ask about that you think is worth mentioning? Well, I can't really think of anything except that if people want to get involved they can can call our number, 847-845-9293. Please come out to the, to the event. You can learn more about it. And I will say this, 
there are counties around um, your area where we do not yet have a county committee. And so if people are interested in starting one, uh, Randolph County, Jackson County, Washington County, Franklin County, we'd love to hear from them. Check them out online at newillinoisstate.org. The number is 847-845-9293. Their next meeting will be in Pinckneyville, April the 26th from 7 until 9 p.m. Miss Merritt, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Oh, thanks, Will. You too.